was sitting there one night during, during worship, and I began to hear crying, children crying. And I started to weep because when you hear kids cry, it does something to you. And I said, God, what, where, where is this sound of the crying? We always talk about a sound, right? The sound through worship or, or, or the sound of our voice or the sound that we have with the Lord. And this day I heard the sound of the cry of the children. And I began to ask the Lord. I said, God, I said, why am I hearing these kids cry? And he says, well, that, that's the cry of the righteous that you're hearing. And he began to tell me that he began to share with me how he's paid attention to our cries. We've caught his attention as the body of Christ, as sons and daughters of the Most High. We've caught his attention with our cries. And um, he just began to unveil to me how in times past, he always responded to the cry. Whenever the people were suffering or they went through things and there was a deep cry to the Lord, the Lord always showed up with them. He always gave them breakthrough and he always came alongside of them to begin to pour into them the goodness of who he was and for breakthrough to come. And I was reading in Exodus the first cry of the people. And if we go to Exodus 3, 3 through 7, I kind of want to read a little bit before because this is talking about Moses and how Moses was called through the Lord to answer the cry, to bring relief to a whole genera generation. It was multiple generations that Moses was assigned to to bring breakthrough to in that hour with the works of the Lord on him. And let me tell you what Moses does. It says, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this straight sight while the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. We sing this a lot. Here I am, God, send me, right? But sometimes we don't know how to respond to it. He says, do not come. This is God talking to him, saying, do not come closer, God said. Take your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. There was such a reverence of God, of who he was, that he had to hide his face because there was such a reverence of the power and the authority God carried that that's why the hiding of the face came. He didn't hide it because it, it, it's like a, a, a knowing of who God truly was in that moment and the fear of who God was to know this is, this is the power of God. 
The Lord said, I have seen, we're in verse 7 now. The Lord said, I have seen, I have indeed sin, seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land into a good and spacious land and a land flowing with milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Meteorites, and Meridites, I know I'm saying all these wrong, but it's okay. <laughs> Hivites and, and Jebitsits. I now And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. And I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people to the, uh, the Israelites out of Egypt. There was two things there he talked about. He said, I heard their cry. I'm concerned with their suffering. And then because I'm concerned with their suffering, I want them to step into the land of the flow of the milk and the honey. So not only is he going to come and he's heard their cry from the deep place of suffering, but he's responded to their cry in this hour. And I believe as the body of Christ, this is where we're at right now. Prophetically speaking, there is a cry of the body that is coming from a very deep place right now through the intercessors, through the prayer warriors, through people that evangelize. There's a deep cry coming, and we have caught God's attention, and God's face has turned around to come and encounter us again. That's why we've had such great deep encounters with the Father. But the encountering doesn't just come just to co take us out of our suffering, but to lead us into a land of milk and honey. It's not, I'm, not, I'm just going to pull you out so you can have some relief. But in that relief, I'm going to also provide the goodness inside of you. I'm going I'm to bless you in the coming out of the suffering. So then he goes on, and we go to Exodus 3, 9, 19. He talks about the cry again. We're going to start in verse 9. I have indeed heard the cry of my people, and I see how the Egyptians are oppressing them. Now I'm sending you to the king of Egypt so that you can lead my people out of his country. But Moses said to God, I am nobody. How can I go to the king and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. When you bring the people out of Egypt, you will worship me on this mountain. What does he tell them to do? Worship, right? Worship is going to be key right now. In your suffering, in your crying out to God, worship is key. He could, and then he tells them to go to the mountain. Go to the higher level. Don't be in the valley. Don't be, don't be in the middle of the junk. Don't be in the middle of all the stuff going on down here. Don't get in the second heaven stuff. Let's go to the third heaven, to the high mountain, and that's where I want you to praise me and worship me from. I don't want you to praise me from, from where you're at in your, in your struggle. I want you to get on the high mountain and worship and praise me from the mountaintop. You know, we sing like I'll sing from the rooftops, right? I'll sing from the rooftops, from the mountaintops. 
you know, we've seen these things, but this is what he's referring back to here. And then it says, I will be the proof. That will be the proof that I have sent you. But Moses replied, when I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? So what can I tell them? And God said, I am who I am. You must tell them, the one who is called I am has sent you. Tell the Israelite that I, the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, have sent you to them. This is my name forever. This is what all future generations are to call me, even this generation, to know who we are serving at this very moment, that he is hearing our cry, and he is still the God of Abraham. He is still the God of of Isaac. He's still the God of Jacob that's sending us forth. He has not changed Then he says, go gather the leaders of Israel together and tell them that I, the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, appeared to you. Tell them that I have come to them and have seen what the Egyptians are doing to them. And I have decided. I have decided. This is God saying, he's decided. He's already decided that I will bring them out of Egypt where they are being treated cruelly. And they will take them to a rich and fertile land. The land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, and the Amorites, the Perites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. My people will listen to what you have to say to them. Then you must go with the leaders of Israel to the king of Egypt and say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has revealed himself to us. Now allow us to travel three days into the desert to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. I know the king of Egypt will not let go unless he is forced to do so. There was a cry. There were slaves that were suffering. There's a cry of a nation right now, of our nation right now. There's a cry over our nation. There's a cry from your house. You know how many people have died with this sickness going on? There's a cry. I had a pastor, you know, I had a a pastor recently. They lost their two grandkids. They were babies, twins that were born. They were lost. They passed away. And, and, And those are unjust situations that happen sometimes. But in that injustice, there's a justice of heaven that comes in. And he hears our cry in those moments. He hears our cry in the suffering. He hears our cry when we're going through things. And then he shows up to pull us out and give us relief from the suffering because he's the one that suffered all the sufferings of the world he took on his body. And he doesn't want us to go through those things. So he brings relief to us. And then he says, now I'm not only going to bring relief to to you and your cry, but now I'm going to send you to the land of the milk and the honey. David talks about it in Psalms 34, 17. Yet when holy lovers of God cry out to him with all their hearts, the Lord will hear hear them and come to to rescue them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to all whose hearts are crushed by pain. And he always is ready to restore the repentant one. 
Even when bad things happen to the good and godly ones, the Lord will save them and not let them be defeated. Let me say this again. The Lord will save them and not let them be defeated. There's victory by what they face. God will be your bodyguard to protect you when trouble is near and no one bone will be broken. We have victory. This is David talking, and he's, he's talking about um, uh, 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 God revealing to him on the cry of the people again. And he comes and he tells them, not only will I, will I come and I'll rescue you from your pain, I'll come in and I'll, I'll rescue you from the things that you don't understand, from the hurt, from all these things that your cry has been of the unjust that's happened to you. But then I will come and not one bone of yours will be broken. So you have nothing to fear. First Peter 3.12 says, For the eyes of the Lord, Yahweh, rest upon the godly, and his heart responds to their prayers. But he turns his back on those who practice evil. See, when the righteous ones cry out, it's different. When you have repented to God and you've made yourself right with the Lord and the enemy thinks that he can still come rob and still come do things in your life, it's unjust because you're in right standings with him for what he did on the cross, that your sins have been covered in love to wipe them away. And the enemy somehow thinks that he can still come in with attacks and all these things and thinks he can get away with it, and he can't. And he won't because we have the victory at the end of it all. I'm going to share this next scripture with you, but because I want to bring understanding to what I encountered that night. And in Psalms 82, it says, God stands up, stands up to the open heavens courts. He pronounces judgment on the judges. How long will you judges refuse to listen to the evidence? How long will you shower special favors on the wicked? Give fair judgment to the poor man and the afflicted, the fatherless and the destitute. Rescue the poor and the helpless from the grasp of evil men. But you are so foolish and so ignorant. Because you are in darkness, all the foundations of society are shaken to the core. I have called y'all gods and sons of the Most High, but in death you are mere men. You will fall as any prince, for all must die. Stand up, O God, and judge the earth, for all of it belongs to you. All nations are in your hands. All the nations belong to God. They all belong to him. And when it takes, when God stands up on the throne to cast judgment on those that have not made decisions over our nations and over other countries that have not been right, let me tell you, they have to answer to the judge of all judges, which is God himself. 
And that's what that verse meant to me. When the Lord stands up at the throne and he comes down with the gavel, it all has to end. And what the darkness has planned for, what evil has planned for, even us as a nation cannot stand against the judge of all judges. It cannot stand. And that night when I was here, I began to see the gavel come down. I began to walk into the courts of heaven that night. And I began to see the angelic circle around in the courthouse. And as I walked in that night, I began to see the Lord's hand. His hand was huge. And then I began to see this gavel in his hand. And I, and I heard the sounds of heaven in the courtroom. And it was silent. Sometimes you go to a courtroom in the natural and people that are not in agreement with the judgment of the things happening there, they all have something to say. They all have an opinion or something is going on. There's noise in the courtroom, right? But when you go into the courtrooms of heaven, nobody can speak or talk because the presence of God is so is so. Uh, uh, tangible and it's so deep and so powerful nobody can move or talk in that moment of being in that courtroom because the judge of all judges is there and it's the almighty king of all kings that has the gavel and I began to see his hand it was huge and this big old gavel come down and slam on the table. And the Lord began to say, I heard his voice. And he said, it is finished. It is done. It is finished. He said it on the cross. It is finished when he was at the cross. I began to, to look up this whole gavel thing. And I said, God, well, what is the meaning of it? It says, although it says there, there, uh, that it was the, the judge always has the last say. God has the last say so. When the gavel comes down, what he declares happens. That's what the gavel represented in biblical times. But in the Bible, it is not just judge. It's the judge of all. The mighty triumphant God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that is standing there with a gavel to bring the judgment over what's right and not right over your life, over my life, over our nation, over every part of the world. The nations belong to him. And I began to see this and I said, God, I said, <laughs> I said that we, our ears would be tuned to the sound of the heavens, God. That when we hear the sounds and the cries of the people, God, that we begin to respond to those cries and not go on moving to do in busyness what we think we should be doing any longer, God. There's a cry of the people. You know, I started thinking about people losing their spouses and losing their loved ones to this sickness. It was unjust. There's a cry coming from the widows right now. I'm saying this prophetically. There's a cry of the orphans and the widows right now that's coming up. And it's loud to the father's ears right now. And he's, it's catching his attention. And he's like, man, he's like, I can hear the cries of my people. Let me send some reinforcement. Let me send some help to the earth. For as it is in heaven on earth, 
There's no warfare in heaven. There's nothing bad in heaven. It's pure. And God's saying right now, let me send heaven to earth so heaven can begin to invade earth and begin to shift and move things for you to have victory because the gavel's here now and it's coming down from my hand, not from your enemy's hand, and you're going to have breakthrough in your situation because I've heard your cries and your sufferings. I was in worship last night, and I just began to carry this weight on me. And I said, God, what is this weight I'm carrying? And he says, because you're carrying what, what the people are feeling. And I said, God, I don't want to carry this weight. God, it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to you to carry. Some of you have been carrying some weighty things on your backs, and it's not up to you to carry it. He's relieving you this morning and bringing relief to you not to carry the heavy burdens anymore. And I saw, I felt the Lord come in last night into my living room, and he just began to pull the heaviness off. Some of the intercessors need to be relieved of this heaviness that they've been carrying, not only in this house, but as a nation. The heaviness you've been carrying and the burden of the nation and the burden of the people and their cry. And God's saying, I'm going to come and I'm going to remove that heaviness and I'm going to remove those burdens because they're not for you to carry. You just speak it forth. And I'll do the rest. You disagree with heaven, and I'll take care of the rest. But God, my family's in suffering right now. What do I do in the suffering? You, get, you pray to God, you give it to him. You don't carry it on yourself. Your, your family's sick, you pray to God, you give it to him. You surrender everything to the Lord. There's a surrendering that he wants you to do this morning. I know because he had me do it yesterday. He said, I want you to surrender everything you're carrying to me right in this very moment so I can come in with my cavil and I can begin to strike the gavel of the injustice that's happening. And I said, I said Lord, I'll take, your, I'll take the gavel, Lord, for you're the judge of all judges, even in the unjust of our lives, God. And I just began to see the nations, and I began to see our, our, our state of Ohio and our stamp. The Lord was reminding me, our stamp and our seal as our state of Ohio is with God all things are possible. It's a stamp. The Lord said, when I drop my gavel down in Ohio, I'm going to also drop a stamp down. And when that stamp down comes, it's going to speak to the people and it's going to say, the harvest is going to come. The harvest is going to come. Look at our state label. You can see a harvest. Then you see the Native American tribe arrows all around it. Because we have authority over the land as believers. And we're speaking to the ground and to the land of Ohio. And we're saying the harvest will come. The resistance is there, but we will have victory in the harvest. Because all with God, all things are possible. Stand up and begin to speak that out this morning. I'm telling you, the good move of God is coming in here, and the Spirit of God is coming in here this morning. And he's saying, you need to declare it from your mouth. You need to declare it from your mouth. With all things, with God, with God all things are possible. Begin to say that out of your mouth this morning. With God, all things are possible. Shantanabashati, the Rabashati. Riyashatanabashati. 
Oh, he's reprogramming ears this morning to hear the cries. He said, reprogram your ears this morning to begin to hear the cries of my people again. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Those deep cries, Lord. Those deep cries, God. Oh, even our own cries, God. That you would hear our cries this morning, God. I was listening to Heidi Baker last night, and I just began to repent to the Lord for being a complainer. And she said, she said she told the Lord, the Lord was sending her somewhere, and she told the Lord, no, I don't want to go there, God. If, if you can send me anywhere, I'll go anywhere in the world, but I really don't want to go there. And, the, and God came and reminded her and told her, uh, and she said, she said, God began to speak to her. And the Lord told her, the Lord began to tell her, he said, never shut your eyes to the cry of the poor. Never shut your eyes to the cry of the poor. See, there's a cry that's going to speak to some of you. It may not speak to me, the cry, but some of you are going to hear cries that other people can't hear. And the Lord wants you to begin to respond to those cries that you're hearing. In the middle of the night, you hear the cries. When you're walking in the day and you're speaking to God, you're going to begin to hear the cries of the people. And when you begin to hear the cries of the people, you begin to ask the Lord for the injustice to break off, for the justice to come in. God, forgive us, Lord. Forgive us in the times that we've complained, God. And we've said no to you, God. No, I don't want to do this, God. Forgive us, Lord. We repent to you this morning, God, for sometimes being in ourself, God, and saying we don't want to do something. But now, God, things are changing, God. And we've caught your attention with our cry this morning, God. And God's saying, you've caught my attention and you'll have victory in the cry. And there's some of you that are called to pull people out of Egypt. You're called to pull people out of Egypt for them to find their milk and their honey. For them to get some kind of relief. Because I can't go where you go. You can't go where I go. But wherever God sends you, you bring the milk and the honey to them to eat. You know, this is a little bit of different service this morning, but that's okay. I'm just going to flow with the Holy Spirit this morning because I know yesterday, I remember I was sitting with the Lord and I said, God, you know why the burdens have been heavy? Because I forgot to delight myself in you. I forgot to delight myself in you and see the beauty in who you are. And forgive me, God, that I've forgotten to delight myself in you, God. That I've forgotten the beauty on your face, God. The encounter of who you are, I forgot about, God. He's refocusing our faces right now. Just right there where you're at. Begin to readjust your focus. Oh, Shatanarabashati. Oh, Shatanarabashati. Let me tell you something. When we came here, we came with cameras. And we came with the media to this city and to this state. 
because the Lord had spoken to us years ago about a media revival coming forth and there being a revival breaking out that the cameras had to catch. And then this past week, we sold some equipment to get a new camera. And the Lord this morning, as soon as I walked in here, began to speak to me through that. And many years ago, I was at a Bob Jones event that we were there to capture the media for. And the Lord says, those cameras are not just cameras, they're weapons of warfare. And when you stand behind those weapons of warfare, don't think that it's just a simple thing to, to push a button or to just stand there and capture what I'm showing the world. But take it serious that what you're capturing is going to change lives. And it's a weapon of warfare. And I began to see packages being taken out to other countries through the, through the media area. And the Lord was dropping off this package and that package in the spirit of what they needed. And so this morning I was sitting there and I just began to thank God. And I said, thank you, God, for our new camera, God. And we're, we're declaring and proclaiming for two more cameras. So, so please pray into that with us. We need two more cameras. And I know God will send it because God was, sell, was faithful to send the first three. <laughs> See, when you talk about his goodness and the things he's done for you, something happens to your spirit. Something happens to you. And then you, you begin to believe for more. <laughs> when he blesses you with little, you, believe, you begin to be built up to believe for more. <laughs> and I was sitting there, and, and this new camera has all this, this new technology and these new buttons and these new things going on with it. And I said, God, I said, thank you for the upgrade. Thank you for the new God. Thank you for the new. And the Lord began to take me in the spirit this morning. And he said, yeah, he says, I'm giving you new weapons for the warfare. I'm giving you a new weapon this season. And I took it by the spirit. And I said, thank you, God, for the new weapons, for the new season. <laughs> thank you for letting it go further than we could ever imagine through the video and the cameras and the media. Thank you, God. And we just speak breakthrough over our media in this house. <laughs> we speak breakthrough over our media because you don't understand how powerful those cameras being in this place are really. They're weapons of war warfare and they're going out and they're dropping packages. They're dropping off packages of hope. They're dropping off packages of peace. They're dropping off uh, packages of transformation when they leave this house. <laughs> and whatever you don't want, others will take it. I promise you. There's a hunger generation through these cameras. We could take the gospel to another country and they'll come flooding in because they're so hungry. They're so hungry. And God's saying that's what the media represents. It's going out to the other nations that are hungry and that need to be fed. And so, God, we thank you, God, for dropping off the package to the other nations through this place, God. Thank you for the new weapons of warfare, God, you've given us. <laughs> See, you can't go into a, a, a gunfight with a knife, right? <laughs> I heard that this morning. I just began to laugh with the Lord. He said, I'm going to give you some new weapons of warfare because you can't go in to fight a fight with a little bitty knife if there's a gun if there's a gunfight going on. <laughs> but see, take it in the spirit, people. <laughs> 
See, some of you are going through some warfare right now, and you haven't had the proper tools for the warfare you've been going through. And the Lord said, I'm going to send you the new tools for the new warfare you've been going through so you can not grow weary and tired and not have burdens on your back anymore. See, because one click of something of a tool God gives you for the new season, for the new warfare, it takes care of it right away. <laughs> it takes care of it fast. And you don't have to spend hours and hours as a beggar begging God to do something. But the minute you use that tool God gives you for the new season, it becomes eradicated at that moment because it's made for that season. It's made for that time that you're walking with the Lord. And I believe he's releasing new tools this morning for the body of Christ. See, we're just going to flow this morning. I know it's not like a regular service, but that's okay. I'm here to grab the things of the spirit and not just the things of the flesh. We go, we, sometimes we, get, we, 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 we move quicker with the things of the flesh than we do the things of the spirit. And God's saying we got to move quick in the spirit, not just of the things of the flesh. That's speaking to somebody right now in this house. See, you'll move quick to offense. You'll move quick to words that you don't agree with sometimes. But see, the Spirit of God is even in that. And the Spirit of God is speaking, and he's like, uh -uh, you got to move quick with my Holy Spirit because my Holy Spirit is always moving. And the Holy Spirit never stays still. The Holy Spirit is always moving. And he says, can you just begin to readjust your lenses? It's like the new camera we got. <laughs> We're adjusting our lenses this morning. To refocus on the Lord again. <laughs> Some of you that are watching from other places, you got to readjust your lenses of how you process things in your life. He's coming in and he's readjusting your process of processing. <laughs> he's, your process is going to change. What you used to do in pattern, your process is going to change. And it's going to be new for you. But God, I've been doing this for the last 30 years, God. I've been doing it this way, and it's worked for me, God. I don't know why you want me to try a new way. This way has been working for me for the past 30 years, and it's worked every time, and, and, I've, and, it's, and it's brought me some breakthrough. And God's saying, well, not anymore. The shift is here. Remember, we've been talking about the shift. The shift is here. And God's saying, shift your focus. Shift the way you process things. That you father filter it. You know what father filter it is? That when your flesh gets involved and your emotions get involved, that you immediately take those emotions, you immediately take those thoughts those things you're dealing with and you take them immediately to the Lord so he can father filter them and he can begin to dissect what's him and what's not him. And then he's going to dissect the things and say, oh, yeah, that's him. Oh, no, th th this is me. No, that's not me. And then you take the meat and you leave the bones, right? <laughs> you take the meat he has for you. And you eat of the meat, but you leave the boat and say, well, that wasn't from you, God. So I don't, have to, I don't have to try to digest it. I don't have to try to eat it. I don't have to agree with it anymore. 
And God says, then you come and you father filter it and then I'll, I'll, I'll separate it just like he does the tear in the wheat. And he's going to separate things for you. And after he separates, then you'll only be left with what he originally had for you. And that's the part you eat of. <laughs> that's the part you eat. Do we have any hunters in the house this morning? I'm sure we do, right? It's hunting season. I've been seeing all the hunters at the restaurants around here. Look, I'm just flowing with Holy Spirit, so listen. When you go hunting and you kill something, you can't eat all the stuff. Some of it's bad for you. Something, some of it can make you real sick. Right? It's the same thing with the things of the Lord. Some of it will make you real sick if you take heed to it. If it's not led of the Holy Spirit. If it comes from man's flesh. And fleshly things. We were never created to ingest and to eat fleshly things. We were only created to eat of the Holy Spirit of the Lord. So anything other than what's being led of the Holy Spirit of God, when we try to go and eat and agree with that thing, it makes us sick in our body. That's why when you carry um, uh, uh, unforgiveness or you carry like a, a stony heart because of all the abuse and the, and the stuff you've gone through in your life, it begins to affect your body. Your body gets sick. Uh, your bones begin to hurt. I know because I went through this process with my mom. When she had some a little bit of unforgiveness, I said, God, I said Mom, you, sometimes you got to just forgive. Even though it wasn't your fault, sometimes just let things go and forgive people. I don't know who this is for, but I'm speaking truth to you right now. And as soon as she did that, her osteoporosis was healed in her body. And she didn't have any, any more pain in her bones anymore. God wouldn't have me share this story if he wasn't going to heal somebody today. Amen. He wants to set you free. It's not that God agrees with the offense or God agrees with the hurt and the pain. He doesn't. He didn't give it to you. Man has a choice whether they're going to listen to Holy Spirit or to their flesh. And sometimes people that are not brought up with the things of the Lord listen more to their flesh than they do to the Holy Spirit. And because of that, he, God comes in when you get saved and he says, now I want to bring you some relief. And I want to take that hurt and that pain. And I want to bring healing to your heart. And I want to bring healing to your body. And I want you to be made whole 100% because I don't want you to carry that anymore. And I believe the Lord is doing that this morning because he wouldn't reveal it unless he was going to heal it. See, that's part of doing something for the last 20-something years. And he's changing things now and the shift is here. And it was like what we were talking about this morning, those walls that we tend to put up ourselves sometimes. We think that that's a safe place to be when really it's not. Because when the walls are up, it, it, it begins to put up hindrances in your life that pull you away from the Lord. I know because I went through that. I'm speaking truth to you. God doesn't want you to be hurt and broken anymore. You know, we got a word while Brandon was here, and he said the misfits were going to come into this place. What Brandon doesn't know, that years ago when we were in Alabama, I was sitting in our 
our radio, our Jesus studio, and we had interns coming in. And I said a prayer to God, and my husband was there. And we prayed together, and I said, God, send us those that nobody wants. Send us those that have been rejected, that nobody else wants them, God. Send them to us. But see, when he sends the rejected and the broken, people still have a choice to be healed or stay broken. And if you stay broken, you're going to misunderstand things that are trying to be taught to you in this moment. You will misunderstand and mishear things and things will be twisted and, and turned and you trying to hear from the Lord. And it will become a stumbling block to you. But God wants to heal you this morning and heal you in those deep places of rejection. I'm just honored and thankful for the opportunity for the misfits to come in this house. Because in God's eyes, they're not misfits. In God's eyes, they're beautiful. So as you're known in society, God doesn't see you that way. God embraces you and loves on you and, and begins to heal your heart and heal those areas you need healing in. And he comes in with breakthrough in your life for there to be change. And there's no more throwing fits anymore and kicking and screaming and not letting the Lord change you. I did the quicking, the, the kicking and the screaming for a long time. And God says, don't do it anymore. Just let me come in and heal you. Let me come in and bring change to your life. Because when we do that and we're made whole in our hearts and we're made whole in our fleshly ways, God's Holy Spirit comes greater inside of us. And those walls come down. But I'm afraid, God. I don't want to let these walls go down. What if it happens to me again? See, that's not trusting in the Lord. You got to trust in him with your spouse. You got to trust in him with your family. You got to trust in the Lord for everything in your life, not just bits and pieces, but the whole entire thing. It doesn't belong to you anyways. It belongs to him. Your family belongs to him. Your marriage belongs to him. He's the, the head of your marriage and of your household. It belongs to him anyway, so give it back to him. See, some of that heaviness that's sitting upon you is coming from there. It's like you're trying to carry your whole entire family on your back. And the Lord's like, don't carry it anymore. Let me bring you some relief and let me pull the heaviness off so that way you can be made whole. The walls can come tumbling down and we can have transformation come into your life. He wants to transform your mind. He wants to transform your heart. He wants to transform you as a person. Because some of you are carrying around a lot of stuff in your flesh. And the Lord says, I want you to... Give it to me. Surrender it to me today. If that's you this morning and you want to surrender it to the Lord. See, this is between you and the Father. This is not about anybody else but you and him. Then you come up and you let him remove that heaviness that you've been carrying. He did it for me yesterday. 
He did it for me. As I try to carry those cries of the people, the Lord says, I didn't show it to you or let you hear it so you could carry it. I let you hear it and experience it so you could be uh, pay attention to it, so you can flow with my Holy Spirit to, to move in that. So whatever you're carrying of burdens this morning or heaviness this morning, God's lifting it off of you this morning. Come up and get your relief this morning. It's like we have like a setup here in the spirit. Like uh, what's that cross place when they send them out to bring relief to the people when they've gone through crazy things? <laughs> the, 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 what is it called? The, cross, the, the red cross of the spirit is here this morning. The red cross of Holy Spirit is here this morning. <laughs> you know, we had a lot of damage from the winds this past week in our cities and in our towns. <clears throat> and the Lord began to speak to me through that prophetically. And he said, you know, when the winds of change come in, you can't tell the winds of change to slow down or calm down or tell the wind how much to blow or how hard to blow. They just come. And I believe the winds of change are here this morning. They've been talking about it for some time. But specifically this morning, I feel the winds of change are here this morning. And he wants to blow some stuff off of you. And I was sitting there and I could hear the wind blowing so hard. And I'm over here praying and I'm like, God, please keep everybody safe. Keep our stuff safe. And <clears throat> he says, well, you can't control the wind. When the wind comes and it wants to blow, there's no stopping it. And if the winds are changed, that they've been uh, prophetically speaking in this place have come, then sometimes you just have to allow yourself to stand in the wind and go with the flow of the wind. <laughs> Peter sings this song, which way does your wind blow? Because that's where I want to go, right? God, we pray over those that have come up this morning, God. We pray that heaviness would come off of them this morning, Lord. We pray that your winds of change would blow over them this morning, God. Your Holy Spirit, Red Cross, is here this morning for them this morning, Lord. And relief is here for them, God. You've sent relief, God, to bring relief to your children this morning, God. And God, we can't control the wind, God. But we know the winds of change are here, God. And they're blowing away things that we think we still need in our lives. And God say, no, I'm going to blow it away because you don't need that thing anymore. <laughs> you don't need those things anymore. I'm going to blow them away off of you. I'm going to blow off the debris. I'm going to blow off all the old stuff. So that way you can be shiny and bright with fresh oil and become the new person of transformation you were always called to be. And right there where you're standing, he's going to touch you. Those are watching online, he's going to touch you right there. And he's going to transform your mind. And he's going to bring transformation to your spirit. And he's going to bring transformation to your home. Right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, he's touching people right now.